Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Philosophy. Today I am going to continue on this nose job thing on the girl. Oh, actually, let me show you the painting. Um, So this is where we're currently at. So, oh no, that's wet. <laughs> I just touched it. <laughs> that's fine. Um, So yeah, I'm kind of going to work on her nose job thing in the centre. Um, And yeah, that's going to be my task for the day. And what I'm going to be talking about is... The famous phrase from Descartes of I think therefore I am kind of got me spiraling um and thinking recently and going, okay, that's great. I mean, great for him. He thinks therefore he is, but I what therefore I am. And I kind of overthought this as always and went into a bit of a exploration as to what are the things that kind of define me in my mind and what are the things um around which I potentially build my identity and how healthy slash unhealthy um, are those. So I guess I think therefore I am is, it's not a bad one. <laughs> it's a good one. But I think for me, a lot of the time, that doesn't tend to be the thing that um, defines my existence. I don't, maybe in the philosophical sense, I would agree with him. But um, in in the day-to-day -day sense, I think potentially my sources of um, kind of self-worth or my sources of existence are a bit more toxic than just thinking. So yeah, that's what I wanted to explore today. Um, so let's get started. One thing that um, I've talked about this in my newsletter before, but one thing that I realised a while back was that I was just using kind of logical deduction here. So um, I was thinking about the... I was thinking about, oh, sorry, getting distracted already by the painting. Um, I was thinking about the things that I was told when I was younger. And I think these potentially might sit in our core of who we think we are and how we evaluate ourselves. Um, what were the things that you were potentially praised for when you were younger? And what were the things that I was praised for when I was younger? And I think very often I was praised for taking pain well. Um, and what I mean by that is I was praised when I wouldn't complain. Um, I was praised when I wouldn't speak up. Um, I was praised when, um, and, uh, speak up, that's a big one. Um, so of course, in the sense of when I wouldn't, kind of when something would be difficult, but I wouldn't complain and I would just do it, I would be told that that's really good. You know, thank you for not being a pain to other people. And um, and I was also described in the way of like Elizabeth she can, she's so tough and she just handles difficult situations very, very well. And I mean, that's funny for other people to say because no one actually <laughs> knows what's going on in your internal world and your internal experience of the world. Because yeah, if they would have just asked, I would have gone, well, no, that was actually extremely distressing for me. And I've been crying myself to sleep for the last few weeks. But it's difficult to say when someone is kind of, especially someone that you respect is going on a... um going on a rant about how incredible you are for dealing with pain well. But I wonder if you're told this again and again, um, at least for me, I think it formed part of my identity. As in, I remember there was a time in my life where when I would genuinely be asked, what are you good at? And I would say suffering. I'm good at suffering and not in an attention-seeking kind of way. So not not with, you know, someone asking me in a lecture theatre or something like that. Not in that way, but with um, with friends or in a semi-joking way, I would be like, yeah, I'm good at suffering. Um, I just handle that really well. And that's embarrassing. That is so sad and so embarrassing now that I think of it. And I go, well, that one, 
that should definitely not be the case. But two, if you, if you, if something makes you feel good about yourself, surely you're going to seek more of it, right? That just, just makes sense. Like if you enjoy exercise, you're going to do more of it. If you enjoy food, you're going to eat, um, you're going to want to have more good food. Um, if you enjoy suffering, then potentially you're going to seek suffering just to improve your self-esteem. So if you have low self-esteem, I thought, well, in, in the cases that I had low self-esteem or that I wasn't feeling too well about myself, was I actually seeking toxic environments? Was I actually seeking to be treated badly so that I could kind of suffer through it in my stoic way and then feel good about myself? Um, so if, if there was no option, if I felt that there was no option for me to feel good about myself, would I seek suffering so that I can feel good about resisting pain. Does that make sense? Is that completely crazy? Because I can tell you a lot of situations where I've actually done this and it was a bit mind-blowing to me um, in a way when I went, oh my God, that's 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 not okay. Um, so then I wondered, well, what are the other things that I was praised for? Um, and what are the other things that I build my identity around? What are the things that I say I this, therefore I am? And are those healthy things? Are those things that I should be chasing? Because potentially I'm chasing them anyway. Um, and that's kind of the thing that I wanted to, to talk about today. Um, but yeah, especially with this pain thing, I think on its own, it's a very interesting one. Um, especially maybe if you're a girl, uh, because I think, I think as, as daughters and as girls, we're, we're potentially praised when we are being kind of uh, when we're being silent and we're not we're not in the way and when we are just kind of it's it's such an awful way I think to raise children um to to praise them for ignoring their body's signals to praise them for not speaking up to praise them for not um requiring attention from their caregivers when it should be there it's just it's awful but if you're a girl and you've been told this before that oh I'm so proud of you when you didn't speak up then I think potentially that's just something too um that you might want to look into too um and it's something to want to go like well you know do I actually do I agree with that um and do I want to be that kind of person and um I think a fun exercise I like to do is like would I do the same for my children and would I do the same to my daughters and the answer for a lot of these things is potentially no but um yeah, I, I guess then the next step is where do you go from there? Um, so how do you how do you change these things? Um, should you want to change these things? And and how do you kind of replace them with potentially healthier um, healthier ways to view yourself? And I think that's kind of the the path that I'm on at the moment. Um, with a pain thing, I think this is something that I've realized a long time ago. Um, so I'm still working on it, but um, I just need to remind myself very, very often, um, especially when I'm in a difficult situation. I go, wait, how did, how did I get here? Um, was there a part of me that kind of sought this situation? Was there a part of me that self-sabotaged that some step? Was there a part of me that um, had a solution but ignored it because I wanted to sit through this? And not in a, not in a toxic way. I, I don't want to intentionally sit through it. I think unintentionally I might sometimes um, put myself in a position where it's, I, I stay in something just a bit longer. I, I, I don't complain first. I'll just say, well, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it first or I'll see how it goes. And that's not to say that it's a good thing to overreact um, immediately to everything, but just wondering, given my history of identifying strongly with 
being someone who handles pain very well. Am I handling pain for the sake of it sometimes? Or am I reacting as someone reasonable would? Um, and I think when you can't trust yourself, because I can't trust myself in the way that I handle pain, um, then I, I tend to ask myself the question of how would I want my daughter to react in this situation? Or how would I want my best friend to react? Or if my best friend came to me with this problem, what would I tell her or him? And what would be the ideal, I guess, using my own reason, because I don't have anyone there at the time, or maybe even should ask other people what they would do. But using my own reason for someone else sometimes is easier for me to do than using my own reason for myself, because those sometimes tend to be different answers. The advice that I would give someone else and the way that I think I should behave don't always match. And in very many situations, I would much rather trust the advice that I would give someone else than the advice that I would give myself, because I tend to make awful excuses for myself that are not particularly true. So yeah, that was the that was the first thing. And I think this sitting in pain was a fairly obvious one to me. But then I started thinking of other sources of self-worth, other sources of I X, therefore I am, and what those might be, and whether I want them or whether I should potentially kind of do some work to see how they might be affecting my life and then evaluate whether I should keep them or not. So I think that in an ideal world, the things that I would, I X, therefore I am, um, are kind of, hmm, I guess the things that make me feel alive, um, as in connection with other people. I feel connected to someone, therefore I am. I feel loved, therefore I am. I feel love, therefore I am. I think those are things that I would be comfortable in identifying with. And I think th there, there are good direction to grow in. I often think of directions that I want to grow in and things that I want to invest in mentally or otherwise. And connections with people always tends to be at the very top of that list. So that is something that I'm very comfortable with um, working on. I am kind, therefore I am, is something that I wish I could do more often. I think sometimes I'm unintentionally unkind. Um, and it tends to be, I think, with banter. I call it banter. Sometimes it doesn't translate as banter and I don't think that's okay. Um, so I think I need to work on that a bit more. But yeah, I think I have genuine connections with people. Therefore, I am is something that I would really care for. Um, I am passionate. Therefore, I am. I think that's something that makes me feel very alive. Passion makes me feel very alive. Even for this painting, when, when I started doing it or now, I genuinely feel like a burning desire to be like, oh, I love this. This is such a good vibe. Um, and... I think I am passionate, therefore I am, is a strong one that I would like to hold on to. And that I don't see a lot of issues with, at least when it comes to art, um, especially because there's no money making in this. So it tends to be a very, it's an activity that I don't need to overthink or don't need to overanalyze because I go, am I doing it for the right reasons or the wrong reasons? Well, I'm not making any money out of it and it's just for fun. So probably a right reason, to be honest, um, despite the fact that I guess sometimes should probably be doing other things and I feel a bit guilty but um yeah I paint therefore I am or I feel passionate therefore I am is something that I could really really get on board with um I think I often think of the way that I consider um 
peace because the peace is a word that is very difficult I think for me because I am peaceful therefore I am is such a good one but I think there's a version of peace that I can get on board with and there's a version of peace that I can't um and what I mean by that is I think that I like chaotic peace and I don't know if I can explain that I I don't like peace in the sense of things being unchanging or things being samey um that really tends to bore me and I think that's what potentially pushes me sometimes towards kind of like self-sabotage or um kind of looking to mess things up because I don't like it when things are unchanging and constant uh, potentially something to look into why I am so disturbed by genuinely disturbed by um peace in some sort in some way um oh that's an interesting thing to think about why it bothers me so much but um yeah at the moment I think that I'm at the stage where I I do like constant change and I do like chaos um but I also like chaotic peace so I don't like chaos in my relationships with people um that's definitely something that I hate I love stability there and I love kind of genuineness and um, connection and I really really enjoy that and I enjoy openness and I'm trying to be a more open person because I love it when people are open with me but then I get so nervous and I'm scared of being open with people which is very hypocritical um, but yeah that's also something to think about and something to work on but um, yeah I think I have genuine I have peaceful chaos therefore I am it's something that I would get on board with because I think I would quite quite enjoy um some more peaceful chaos so that would be peace in the knowing that i have people that care about me and that i care about around me and i have access to them um and i have opportunities to make them happy and to feel happy around with them and around them and um the chaos would be things just not being the same all the time like changing jobs changing countries um changing kind of direction changing interests changing um careers changing just everything um i like changing i don't like being i don't like stability in that sort of way i I definitely enjoy chaos that way um i've already been at this house for i think eight months now and i'm losing my mind i want to move (laughs) when i moved here i was like oh i don't want to move i hate moving uh because the moving activity itself like the going on a tangent sorry but the, the moving actions itself like packing and um traveling I hate but going being in a new environment and changing up my environment constantly is something that makes me feel very very peaceful and very very excited and very very happy so that's the kind of chaotic peace that I would that I would enjoy um and then on the other end there are things that I currently identify with which I would want changed and um the the first one definitely is there um so the one on being able to handle pain well and not complain and sit in pain for a very long time without anyone realizing or without making changes definitely want to change that as soon as possible um, I think that's an awful thing and especially because I've identified w- with it for so long and I've been proud of that can you imagine I've been proud of that I've been proud of my ability to handle pain oh my god um so toxic um but yeah so I think that's one thing that I would want to definitely um definitely change in my life and then there is the the ability to be silent um and 
again, tied to this, but being well-spoken and being just polite and not ruining the mood and not speaking up is also something that I want to change. I've definitely identified with this in the past um, of being called like a well-spoken girl and being called like a quiet girl and she doesn't really bother anyone. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, I, I don't want to bother people for the sake of bothering people or get attention for the sake of attention. I actually quite enjoy my own company and lack of attention more than anything. But um, being this well-behaved suffering in silence person is not a virtue it's not a virtue I've treated it as a virtue for so long but I'm so sick of treating it as a virtue um, and I don't think it's a virtue anymore so I think that's something that I've identified with strongly in the past that I wanted to go it needs to leave ASAP so um, I struggle with it so much though like even in the workplace, when I'm told to be honest about how, what I think about people and what I think of their performance, it kills me. It kills me. I don't want to do it. Um, I don't want to be open and honest, like deep down. It's so hard. And I think that there's potentially this part of me that feels that, oh no, that I'm letting go of one of my core, um, my core virtues and my core beliefs. But in the long term, I, I genuinely think that it it's not good. Um, it's not good to be well-spoken and soft-spoken and, um, it, it it doesn't, it, it's, no, no, you can be polite and nice while being open and honest because in the long term, it will mean that you have your needs met. It will mean that people can trust what you say. It will mean that um, you will be happier because you will be surrounded by people um, who know what you think about them. You'll be surrounded by people who can meet those needs. You'll be surrounded by people who trust you and believe you and you will be able to trust yourself and you won't be in this constant state of kind of thinking one thing and saying something else and trying to balance that and trying to be um, honestly dishonest, continuously awful, absolutely awful. Um, so yeah, that's something that I very much want to change. Um, and then I think being rich and successful is also something like, I don't want to identify with that. I think it's almost impossible, or at least it has been almost impossible for me, especially never having been rich or successful, uh, to not want these things because it's kind of a, you know, if you live in the world today, you can see what money can buy you. And there seems to be this like underlying unquestioned assumption. Sometimes we question it, but then it's kind of like, oh, these people are bitter. Um, but there seems to be this underlying assumption that being rich or successful will make you happier. And I think the way that I identify with this and the way that I want this is potentially not healthy. And I think that's something that I want to identify with less, have less need for riches and success. And I think this part of my mind that goes, I am successful, therefore I am, or I will be successful, therefore I am, in my case, um, that needs to, that needs to go yeah, I think we need to allow that and um, and change it, not have that there. And then, yeah, I think those are the those are the list of general virtues. Um, I think there's the obvious ones of you know being a good daughter, being a good friend, being a good um, like employee, and all that stuff. That's I guess fine to identify with um, to the extent that it doesn't interfere with other virtues that I want to let go of. But I think the main issue at the moment for me is kind of uncovering and working on the more toxic virtues that I've been 
kind of assigned or the ones that I've identified with so far in my life. And I'm quite excited to do that. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm quite, I find it quite liberating and exciting to go, well, hello, um, definitely don't want to do this or definitely don't want to be this anymore. And can we let go of that? And in terms of like the actual action plan of letting things go, I think it's first it's identifying. Um, and for me, that's an exercise of, and I mentioned a few here, there's probably a lot more and I haven't done this full exercise. I'll probably do it maybe today. Um, of identifying what are the things that you were called when you were younger, when you were praised. And with good intention, I'm sure parents do this, but it doesn't always lead to good results. Um, and it can have kind of devastating consequences of being called, like I was, for example, just very resilient. <laughs> awful, awful way to describe someone, um, I think. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to... Oh. So yeah, I think that's going to be the exercise that I'm going to do is uncover those and then um, evaluate them and go, okay, what consequences can this have? So if I identify with being X, how might I be chasing X? And um, that's an interesting way to go about it. And as with the resilience, if I am chasing resilience, that means that I might be seeking pain and I might be seeking situations that require of me to be suffering in silence. And that's just an unhealthy way to live my life. Um, and therefore that's a way of identifying with myself that I want to remove. So it's this exercise of uncovering those things. What is the thing that I was called? If I identify with this thing and I want more of this thing, what behavior would this need from my end? Um, and is this behavior something that I want to do? And what is the long-term consequences of this behavior? If those are negative, then I go, okay, I need to identify less with this thing. So what are the opposite habits that I can do that would not damage myself and other people? Um, so rather than being quiet and resilient, could I be the person who is outspoken and who um, doesn't enjoy sitting in pain, but enjoys having less pain around her or experiencing less pain? Um, and can I rather identify with this new kind of label rather than the label of the resilient quiet girl? Um, and what would that look like for my life? And then when I'm in situations that require that I behave one way or another, I recognize the potential instincts that I had in the past to behave a certain way. And I go, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm actually going to do the exact opposite because in the long term, I do not want to identify with this thing anymore. So I think, um, and then this, there's this exercise for every single label, I guess, or every single thing that, um, that I have been called or everything that I want to identify with no longer. So yeah, um, I'm going to wrap up this episode here. If you made it so far, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Be kind to yourself and others and don't believe everything you think. Thanks. Bye.